0: Welcome to the CFN Podcast. What's going on, guys? This is the CFN Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Campbell, and uh, we haven't done one of these in a while. No, it's 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 kind of it's kind of been a crazy couple months. Um, I think the last one we talked about almond milk, but today we're gonna switch gears. We're going back to training, uh, and I'm gonna teach you guys—not teach, but kind of go over um, how I program for 26 college athletes at one time. Okay, and uh, basically a, a better title, I guess, would be how I created. Uh, Slippery Rock Hockey's men's D1 um, training program for the in-season, Okay, not off-season, in-season. It's October now, and uh, they're right in the middle of the season. It goes to about March, maybe a little longer, depending on how they do. Um, So, best of luck to them, and today I'm just going to go over how I created their plan step-by-step and what my thought process is as a coach uh, as to how I approach a training program like this for college athletes. So first thing we really got to think about is you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're an athlete and you haven't had an in-season training program, uh, you're used to just doing stuff in the off-season, right? You're just used to putting on weight, losing weight if you have to, getting faster, getting stronger, getting bigger, whatever uh, your goal may be for that specific sport. uh, That's what you focus on, right? And you don't really give a lot of thought to in-season training because you think, oh, well, CJ, I need to give my body time to recover and I need to focus more on school and nutrition and, you know, this and that. And none of those things are wrong. Just so you guys know, none of that is wrong at all. But there is a good window. And it is proven that you can still train during athletic competition seasons and still maintain strength, uh, muscle density, you know, whatever the whatever the uh, the goal may be for your own self. So uh, that's what I kind of wanted to do. I think it brings a new dynamic to uh, strength training programs at the university. So I really wanted to over deliver on this and really give the guys you know something to use and utilize during the season that way they just don't go to one class, come back, you know take a five hour nap and uh, you know not do shit for the rest of the day. So um, we're gonna break it down by sections. Uh, I kind of thought about this, and I thought about the best way to really break it down for you guys in a way that you would understand, and that way I can kind of keep my OCD in check, okay? So the first one is my previous experience as an athlete. You know, what I went through, did I have in-season training? You know, if I can talk about it, I must have went through it, right? Um, What we did specifically when I was in high school and college for weight training What my other jobs did before this, I'll touch on that a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna go about the considerations for in season athletes. So, this is a little bit of research I did um, why athletes should train in season, why it's beneficial, uh, why it's not okay just to sit around unless you have an injury and you have to. Um, And that comes along with uh, a couple myths that, you know, surround in season training that people don't understand. Um, Then we move on to how I set up the actual structure of the workouts I think it's a 12 week plan Um, I have it pulled up here right in front of me but you know trying to talk and look at charts is is uh, pretty daunting to me so (laughs) just just roll with it okay Um, post-workout cooldowns I think is extremely important and the progressions you know because you can't do the same thing for 12 weeks I mean you could but uh, it might just tear down the guys and you have to be really specific and smart about how you program around their games, their practices, all of that that I'll touch on later. So the very first one, um, after Coach told me you know, everything that he wanted, uh, I kind of knew how to properly structure the workouts, and I created a nutrition guide that I'll go over at the end of the podcast, and everything's really tailored to uh, this team's schedule and all of the guys. So um, I truly believe that, College athletes need to strength train no matter what, whether it's off-season, in-season, whatever the course may be. Um, But I think a lot of kids miss out because I think, well, generally, let me say this. The one rule that I like to follow is if you're too tired to train, you're too tired to play. And I told my guys that. So I'm going to lead the podcast off with that uh, just because if you're listening right now and you were a high school athlete or you're still competing in college or high school right now, I don't know where you're at. But uh, you're really not that tired, and you're really not that sore. Um, And what I've learned being out of college is, the more I stay busy, the more my body stays loose and healthy and mobile, pretty much. So um, I truly believe that statement. If you're too tired to train, you're too tired to play, okay? So my previous experience as an athlete myself, uh, I've said in previous podcasts, I played ice hockey for 17 years um loved every second of it got a lot of injuries but I would do it all over again in a heartbeat um a little fun fact that I probably said in the very first podcast <laughs> that some of you guys might not have listened to um I actually hated strength training uh, I thought it was stupid I thought if you were good at a sport I thought it didn't matter um and that was probably when I was 16 17 years old so I was almost out of high school at that point um And I really thought it was just dumb because we would go through it in the off season. And yeah, you know, everything was about cardio, right? Because with ice hockey, you know, you had to have good cardio, you had to be able to withstand three periods, um, and you had to be strong. So I always thought, you know, running sleds, running on the treadmill, that would, you know, kind of brace my body for the season, right? And I was completely wrong. And the more and more I research and the more and more um, I train athletes on my own, more I realize that. I was completely full of shit. <laughs> um, and that's why I do this stuff. So my previous experience, um, I actually didn't do any formal strength training until my junior year of high school, we got a new coach for hockey, he was all about it. He had a power, li- small powerlifting background. Um, he was an athlete, hockey player, loved what he did. Um, and he had a good solid background in weightlifting in general. So When he set up the structure for the workouts, I don't have them because that was such a long time ago. But if I can remember right, a lot of this stuff was powerlifting based. So what it was, you know, it was the squat, bench, deadlift. We would do our assistance exercises after that. And uh, I actually liked that a lot. Um, Was it beneficial for a lot of new guys and a lot of novice guys? And if you don't know what novice is, it just means beginner without any experience, that's it. Um, So all these novice guys like me, And the other kids, you know, I don't think a barbell was really the best choice right off the bat. And again, the more and more I learn and the more and more I train kids, that's becoming more and more true. I'm not saying you can't put a barbell in a 10 year old's hands and, you know, have them progress and get better and go through more reps and get practice and stuff, but that's just my own methodology, okay? That's just the way I think. I don't think there's anything wrong with making a kid uh, do barbell exercises, but it's just not the way I would go about it, all right? Uh, so, most of our workouts are powerlifting based during the season. Okay. And this was new to me, and I thought it was stupid. During the season, when it was freaking cold outside, it was like December or January, uh, we were still lifting pretty, pretty heavy weights. So I think we were doing like three, four rep maxes, um, five rep maxes. And, you know, it was daunting because we would do that two or three times a week on top of school, on top of practice you know, it was cold outside, so you don't even want to get up for school in the first place, you know, Um, so we were still lifting and running sleds, after that, we would go right to practice, so of course, when the snow is falling outside, you can't really go outside and run sleds, right, so we were able to train outside and do cardio stuff till about um, beginning of November, mid-November, and it was freaking cold, man, it sucked, but uh, again, I would trade it for anything to go back and do it, so, Um, that's what we did. We did it during the season. I think we still did, you know, a a regular bench day, a squat day and a deadlift day. I think we dimmed it down to one or two days a week because it just started getting too much work capacity. And I think we started to burn out around Christmas break. Um, but that was just me. That's my own, you know, opinion, right? So I actually improved when I got to my senior year because the assistant coach my junior year ended up being the head coach my senior year. So, um, He took that style, kind of made it his own, and it actually got a lot better. And that was the year we made a championship run. We got to play at what's now called PPG Paints Arena, where the pens play, um, which was pretty awesome. It was actually the worst ice I've ever played on, (laughs) Uh, only because it was like 60-something degrees on the ice, and the ice was so soft that it was so hard to dig your uh, blades in and make a turn or cut or whatever like that. So uh, long story short, our legs just weren't strong enough, all right, um, <laughs> to, uh, to even really skate on that ice. But it was a beautiful environment. Um, it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And I think at the time it was called Kinsale Energy Center. So uh, that's where we were at. We made a championship run. And I solely believe that was because of our training. Seriously, um, we had a lot of skilled guys. We had a very, very good goalie, one of my good friends. Um, and yes, he did carry a lot of weight. The good players did carry a lot of weight. Me, as the captain, I had to carry a lot of the weight. Um, and it just kind of molded together. But again, it all starts. I truly believe in the off season, and then when you can carry that momentum to the in season, um, that's where a lot of good things start happening, right? So I think a lot of teams fall short where they think they come together on a team chemistry level, you know, come August, and then in September, they get their shit rocked, and then they don't know what to do, because they don't carry that team chemistry momentum that they built during the offseason into the in-season, all right, talent can only get you so far, right, so I truly believe doing the in-season workouts my junior and senior year, um, it extremely, extremely, extremely helped me, um, I knew I dealt with some injuries, but, you know, you kind of learn to fight through it. I played on steroid packs for like the last six games plus playoffs in the championship and I was broken. Um, but that's just something you got to do. You know, you still train, you find ways around it and uh, you just kind of roll with the punches. So I was very grateful to be around that my junior and senior year. That was a new thing for me. And that's what actually made me switch my mentality of being a marketing major going to college and switching it to, you know, exercise science or physical education and um, and that came more in college. So uh, I'm extremely grateful for that. What my other jobs did, okay, let's fast forward a little bit to in college, I did an internship uh, every single summer, or I worked during the semester um, in the strength and conditioning world or the fitness industry, personal training, whatever it may be. um, I did that so I could gain experience and get an edge over everyone I went to school with, and that's what I did. Um, So what my other jobs did, It didn't do any in-season training and that's something i kind of always wondered and i was very taken back because you know here's me graduating high school and i'm thinking all right this is something everyone does this is something that everyone should do you know i can't wait to go and work with professionals that do this shit right and i got to a couple of my jobs and i'm not going to name them um but they didn't do shit they didn't do anything in season they kind of just told the athletes all right go have fun you know you know stay healthy we'll see you at christmas break right or you know if they were high school kids they're like well we're, we're too busy or blah 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 and being out of high school and college now you're really not that busy at all you're just not um it's a load of bullshit you can always make time to go work out or stay busy so uh that's something i really didn't understand in my other jobs i did ask and they really didn't have a definite answer And maybe that's just because they, maybe they didn't want to answer it, or maybe it's because they didn't have any, you know, education or experience with in-season training. So yeah, that's kind of something that I've always wondered. Um, It kind of came to a shock with me. And, you know, if, if you guys know me personally, that presents a challenge for me, right? It presents a challenge of, you know, me doing it and me bringing it to life, right? So, and that's why I'm sitting here talking into a damn microphone about it, (laughs) but all right, let's move on, why athletes should train in season, why should you take the time out of your day, when you're taking tests, uh, you're taking naps, probably, that you probably don't need, and uh, you're going through classes all day, right, and then you have sports right after that, so, and trust me, I've been through it, don't act like you haven't, or I haven't, um, I've been in all of your shoes before if you're listening right now and you're an athlete, so you have nothing to talk shit on, okay? Um, so why you should train in season. The stigma, okay, that a lot of people follow is light and fast, right? You wanna go from muscle endurance, 15 to 20 reps, blah, 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 all that bullshit, okay? Light and fast, light and fast. That's what coaches want, that's what players want. And again, I, I truly believe that has a time and a place, but I also think it's wrong, um, only because what happens is all that that you build up over the off season, that's not really maintaining, you know? Because if you were in the off season and you're doing five, four rep maxes on deadlifts or squats, why are you taking deadlifts out of the program completely, right? And don't say because you need to give your body time to recover, okay? With high school and college athletes, I get it. You need sleep, you need all that, but you really don't need to cut deadlifts or any of the structural lifts out. Um, so light and fast is the wrong approach, really. You need to maintain your strength and your power. That's something you build over the off season, that's something you love to post on Instagram, right? You love to post, you know, deadlifting, squat bench videos, all that crap. Um but when it comes time to compete, you start going in a decline because you get that light and fast mentality that people think is right. Um, and it is wrong. You need to maintain that strength and power. Now am I saying you should you know, go for a one rep or two rep max every day. No, that's stupid. Should you keep, you know, the volume? Eh, You know what, I'm going to retract that. You shouldn't keep the volume high, but you should keep the intensity high, which means I honestly would probably keep the reps for certain exercises with your strength and power lifts, probably between three and six reps, maybe eight being generous. Um, But you need to have that, you know, first initial hard lift that's going to maintain that strength and power whether it's squat, bench, deadlift, olympic lifts, whatever you like to do or whatever your coach programs um that's something you should have, okay? After 2 weeks, uh strength levels begin to taper. I actually read that in an article. I'm not going to go about it. I'm not going to explain the whole damn thing um because it was a long article, but that was basically the conclusion. Um and they did measure squat, bench and deadlift levels during I think it was a 6-month competitive season for a track athlete. Um but yeah, they found out that after two weeks, your strength levels begin to taper if you don't you know, stay consistent. So when it comes to my job, coaches need to strategically plan training and recovery protocols to consistently hit those strength and power numbers during the season, all right? Like I said, sleep is important, nutrition is important. I'll get to that later. You guys all need that, right? But again, that comes down to time management for you as an athlete, okay? And as a coach for my job, I need to make sure I'm scheduling these lifts and I'm giving you guys enough training and recovery time um, around your school schedule, your sports schedule, all of that to make sure you know, you're still maintaining, but you're still recovering too. Okay, does that make sense? And uh, that's one of the biggest hurdles you could probably go over, seriously. So uh, you need to be aggressive, but not too aggressive. That's one of my favorite points I wrote down here on my uh, notebook. Um, you want to structure the workouts around the schedule, like I just said, uh, but you want to avoid fatigue, right? So for example, if, if my hockey boys played on, you know, Friday and Saturday night, most weeks, why would I schedule a heavy squat day Friday? Right. And I'll get to why you should work out on game days. Just bear with me here. You really don't want to do that. That's not smart. Um, And again when it comes back to volume like i said earlier for the workouts and if you guys don't know what volume means when i talk about it it just means like you know five sets of 10 compared to three sets of three or something like that so it's just a scale between volume and intensity and finding the right balance so um, you want to avoid fatigue not too much volume Uh, the workout durations you don't want them to be like two hour workouts because again those guys are probably already kind of beat down from sports mentally fatigued from school, you know they have to study, do homework, take tests, all that shit. So it really all plays into it. And it's it's pretty fun. Um maybe just cuz I'm a psycho. <laughs> but uh I think it's fun when you get to program around that stuff and kind of just tinker with different things to see if they work or not. And sometimes they don't, and I've heard that from some of my guys already cuz I created that open line of communication between them, and I think it's really working out so far. So Uh, They really enjoy it, I really enjoy it, and that's one of the biggest things that I have to be aware of is to be aggressive, but not too aggressive, okay, and you want to avoid that fatigue, so it comes with a lot of guess and test, trial and error, but uh, eventually you'll find that, you know, good balance, so um, you want to keep the uh, intensity high, right, like I said earlier, intensity is key. Let me say that again, for all of you trainers and coaches that are working with athletes during the in-season, I don't care about the off-season, that's a different podcast, the in-season, intensity is key, All right, you need to maintain the strength and power like I talked about, which means you still need to give enough volume to the athlete to where they're getting a good workout in and they're working on maintaining that strength and power. One of the biggest things that I see wrong is a lot of guys think that spending an hour to two hours in the gym is beneficial. And yeah, if you're a bodybuilder doing one, you know, single muscle exercises, which are completely dumb, um, you might spend an hour or two in the gym, right? But for an athlete, your training needs to be completely different. And if you keep it intense, you should only be in the gym around 45 minutes to an hour tops, okay? Um, That means shorter rest times, um, you know, just really grinding, really taking the reps seriously. And uh, if you do that, I can assure you that you know, you'll leave there feeling accomplished, you'll leave there, you know, feeling good, and you'll be ready to recover and go back and be ready for competition the next day. That's my goal. That's what I want for my guys. So uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, there comes a couple myths that people believe. Um, light and fast was one of them that I mentioned earlier. It's a bunch of horseshit. Uh, I also believe that college and high school athletes... They think lifting in season will increase their injury risk, right? You hear a lot of guys say, Well, I don't want to lift. Why would I bench, you know, before we play a conference game this Friday? You know, I'm going to be sore. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And they just bitch, right? Um, That's not completely true. It actually increases your. uh, Oh, my God. I'm drawing a blank here. Um, It's actually reducing your risk of injury, right? There were a couple articles I read um, that actually. They measured bone mineral density over athletic competition seasons, and some of them were annually over a whole year. So, a lot of athletes, when they did those structural lifts like bench, squats, deads, stuff like that, um, their bone mineral density was higher when compared with a good nutrition program. Um, a lot of them, they were, they felt stronger. There were no injuries. They didn't feel any fatigue during the season, and um, that right there is enough for me. To be like, all right, well, most of the time it's in your head, right? And I truly, truly believe that sitting on your ass is worse than going to the gym, right? Because when you sit, you know, everything gets tight, you know, and most of the time, let's be honest, guys, most of you listening right now, you don't stretch for shit. I don't, I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. I don't all the time. I'm starting to, uh, because everything's starting to break and I'm only 22, (laughs) but, uh, I truly, truly believe that athletes should not sit on their ass a lot unless you're sleeping or studying. Seriously. So, like I said, if I could go back and do it all over again, man, it would be completely different. Um, You need to maintain your mobility, too. Like I said with stretching, mobility exercises before working out, after you work out. I'll talk about those later in the podcast. I program those for my guys, so it makes it very simple for them not to miss it, okay? Um, I think those are very, very big things you need to consider when you're an athlete in high school or college but again schedules are schedules and sometimes you can't always fit it in okay i understand that so moving on uh let's move on to how i set up the actual structure of the workouts right so when i sit down on my computer what am i doing um and what's going through my head to put down on paper okay and that's what we're going to go through so uh goal here, like I've been saying the whole entire podcast so far, it's to maintain, okay, your window for building muscle, putting on weight, that shits over, you had that opportunity in the offseason, and you probably didn't take it. Okay. Now, that's not a bad thing. But now what you need to do is maintain what you already have. Okay. Now what that means is, if if uh, the coach so for example, coach for slippery rock, he told me he wanted a two day program. Knowing me, because I'm psychotic and I have OCD, I can't do two-day programs, okay? (laughs) I don't know why. So I created a third day. Um, I did some research uh, for like an auxiliary day, like a recovery kind of lift, some fun. And uh, I'll explain that a little bit later. But he wanted a two-day program. I gave him three. All right, I'm not trying to sit on a high horse here. That's just my style, okay? You guys will learn if you wanna be personal trainers or coaches, you always wanna over-deliver. That's what my mentors and peers have always told me, and uh, it's worked out ever since. So that's what we're gonna roll with. Um, He wanted to focus on structural lifts, like I stated earlier, which is always nice to hear. Our squat focus. So we're gonna pump the brakes just for a second here. Um, I was doing some research and one of the common things that I was reading was you always want to do your squat day the furthest day out from competition, because that ultimately, I don't know if I said that right. Ultimately, there we go, uh, (laughs) is going to help you recover faster and be ready by the time competition day comes. So I have the guys squatting on a Monday. That's our squat focus day. We're really going to hit our legs. We do box squats, um, regular squats. I really only use for hip mobility. Um, I think box squats are a great way to maintain strength and power, especially during the season. Um, so that's what we rolled with, okay? And again, we want that furthest out from competition, and the guys really like that. So uh, moving on to Wednesday, that's our... Wait a second. That's our deadlift day, okay? Wednesday's our deadlift day. Some of you guys might be sitting there thinking, Well, CJ, how the hell am I supposed to squat heavy and go hard on Monday? And then Wednesday, roll in the damn gym and deadlift a shit ton of weight and... Uh, you know still be still be performing at my best and again guys that comes down to nutrition hydration sleep you know if you're going to bed at 2am and wednesday rolls around and you're sore as hell and you're out of it that's your own damn fault okay um i program based on what's best for the athlete and what i know the athlete can do not what he or she wants all right there are some things that i ask them and i love i love people's input because i want people to have fun and uh, I want them to know they're improving by doing some of the things they like. But I also know that it's not always their choice and it's mine. And I need to do what's best for them. Uh, maybe not what they want, but what's best for them to keep them, keep them healthy during the season. So um, deadlift focuses on Wednesday. I'm not going to go over all the assistance, exercises, and all that shit. Um, just not going to do that. It takes up too much time. We'd be sitting here reading programs podcast. And I think we're already like 25 minutes in. So (laughs) uh, we're just going to keep moving. So for Friday, right, I said that I had to do some research, kind of find that auxiliary day, a fun day. And what I found was this strength coach, I think from, I forget where he's from. um, For his college guys, he actually programs, he calls it the gun show mindset day. And I thought that was the most coolest thing I've ever read in my life. Um, to think that you know a D1 college strength coach gives these high-end athletes that are recruited you know, an arm day, focus on recovery stuff, anything they missed during the week, um, and then that kind of gets them in the zone to play, right? Because when you're doing arms, let, let's face it, if you're a guy, I'm sorry, girls, but if you're a guy and you're doing arms, that's when you feel the most powerful, right? That's when you feel the coolest, that's when you feel you know, like your top dog, you're the shit, maybe if, even though you're really not. Um, but that's, that's the whole mindset thing. So after reading this article and reading how he programs for that on a Friday, um, it kind of gives those guys and girls uh, a mental break. Okay, you want, the, you want the athlete to basically be the most calm, The most well rested, the most in the zone they can be before competition. And I think that gun show mindset day was the perfect way to incorporate something fun for these guys. So that's what I did. Um, And I structured the workout, you know, arm workouts. I did some core work, a lot of stretching at the end. And uh, if they want to do some extra just hanging around the gym or hanging around their friends, I want them to do that. I seriously want them to. So, I think that's a great idea. That's what I did. Um, Structure wise, I used block training. Okay. That's not crazy science shit. Um, For example, hold on, let me pull up one of the workouts here. Uh, So, for example, block one would be our warm up. Okay. We have activations, we have uh, dynamic warm ups that we go through that are specific. Um, And that's block one, okay? It makes it very easy for the athlete to follow along and keep going throughout their workout. That way they're not missing anything and to make sure they're on the right stuff, okay? So block two is always our power block. On our squat day, we usually do skater jumps, broad jumps, um, single leg bounds, stuff like that. And then we move on to our block three, which is strength. That's our box squat, our deadlift, and our bench, Right or dumbbell bench. I know not everyone's uh, accustomed to that. Like I said at the very beginning of the podcast, I'm not gonna force a barbell in your hands um, if you're not ready for it. So I have dumbbell bench there. Um, And then block four, I have auxiliary. That's all of our assistance exercises. We superset those. I'm not gonna go over every single exercise, but that's usually uh, how I program block four. And then block five is our recovery, okay? That's where I give the stretching exercises, all that good stuff. Um, And it really lets the guys, you know, decompress from their workouts, I don't actually know if they do it or not. I don't get to work with them all the time. So hopefully they're doing it, but they look good. And they always tell me they feel good. So something must be working, right. (laughs) But uh, other than that, uh, yeah, we go through our blocks, warm up, power, strength, auxiliary and recovery. Okay. All of the auxiliary exercises, like I said, are set up in supersets. So I actually encourage the guys to go to the gym uh, with each other because I know the gym on campus can get pretty busy. So I encourage them to go in groups of three or four. That way they can superset at different stations and no one's taking their shit, okay? We always know that person in the gym that kind of just you know, walks up and takes your cable or takes the dumbbells or takes the bench that you were using, you know, without even asking, right? So I kind of avoided all of that by encouraging the guys to go together. They can gladly go if they want to. I know some of the guys also like to work out at their apartment complexes. I used to do that personally. So I completely understand. So again, those are just different hurdles that I have to go through as a coach when I'm programming this shit. And it all comes down to communication. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about, where are we at here? So that was the structure. So I have the post-workout cool-downs, right? Um, the cool-downs are just the stretches. I always want the guys just to take like 10 minutes, stretch, decompress from the workouts, um, and kind of just let loose, especially on Fridays, right? Because those are usually their game days, Fridays or Saturdays. So I really want them just to like chill out, <laughs> okay? want them to get in the zone, make sure, you know, their competition, all that good shit, and uh, really be ready to go as soon as the puck drops. That's my goal. So that's what I wanted to do for that with the cooldown, the, uh the progressions. So week one through four, I think we have, let me pull up a workout here. So yeah, for like the squats, for example, weeks one and two, we go six, six, five, five for four sets. And then week three and four, we go five, five, four, four. We do a three second eccentric. Um, I don't have... Weeks five through eight pulled up here. I just gave that to the guys. What's today? Today's the 22nd of October. I just gave it to them last week. So um, they're about a week in, week or two in by this point. And uh, I'll have, what is it? Nine through 12 next. So the progressions, I will swap in different auxiliary exercises. So for example, if we're doing a reverse lunge for a unilateral leg exercise, I might switch it to a, uh, a, a split squat so and then we'll progress from there that's just one example okay I'm not gonna go through all of them just because again it would take 20 minutes just to go through all of them Um, but the main lifts basically stay the same I might change up you know some pause squats some eccentrics um, different styles with that that just depends on you know what feedback I get from the guys and what I feel is best to program Um, and the stretches kind of stay the same they're just regular hip and low back stretches some core stretches um, and then most of the stuff with their scapula and shoulders come with the mobility shit that they do at the beginning of the workouts uh, for their warm-ups. So I don't really take a lot of time stretching that up. So those are the progressions. Um, that's basically what the coach wanted, all wrapped up in one. And uh, the nutrition guide that I gave the guys, let's move on to that. That's what I'll actually end with today. I think we're about a half hour in at this point. Um, the nutrition guide that I made for everyone, don't have it pulled up here, I probably should have, so... I'm an idiot. Um, but anyway, the nutrition guide is very tailored towards college athletes. I have caloric needs for, you know, just an average male and female. I have macro breakdowns. I give a whole page of snack options. Um, I think I included a whole section of uh meal timing. So a lot of the guys they only like to eat three meals, some of them eat two, which is completely horrible. So I had to talk with them. <laughs> but uh Let's just, you know, let's say they have three or four meals a day, right? Or let's do three meals and a snack. So four meals, basically. Um, A good example on that page that I had was like, what I want is I want most of their carbs coming before and after competition, right? And uh, oh, wait, hold on. Before we get to that, let's go to lifting on game days. I told you guys I was going to mention that. Um, Truly believe that uh, athletes should lift on game days. I don't think they should sit on their ass because if you are an athlete right now listening to this or you were you know let's compare it to sitting in a car for three hours going to erie right and then you have to play a game a lot of people use that uh word what's that called car legs you know when your legs are dead you just can't feel them you know they just feel weak and i truly believe that's just from not doing anything all day and maybe your nutrition and your hydration is off so i scheduled that uh Lifting day to truly be on um, a competition day. That would that way they're ready to go. They feel good. They were in the gym. They did some work. They got n- their nutrition and hydration up, and uh, they're ready to go for that night game. Okay. Um, I read a cool article. Um, I'm not a Patriots fan whatsoever, but uh, the head strength coach had a great article out. They were actually get this. I think it was last year's Super Bowl maybe or the year. I don't know. I don't follow football that much, but. Um, I think a year or two ago, when they were in the Super Bowl, they were squatting 85 percent of their body weight. Okay, or 80? No, don't don't quote me on that. I said that wrong. 85 percent of their one rep max day before the Super Bowl. The day before the Super Bowl, guys, biggest competition in you know American sports, and uh, they're they're squatting 85 percent of their one RM. So um, that I didn't understand at first, but then he explained it and just uh kind of went through his his thought process what the athletes need to do when they get off the plane their routines their warm-up the way their bodies need to adapt and be ready to go and always kind of stay moving um and i thought that was one of the coolest things ever and that completely changed my perspective on programming for game days because i always thought you know you come home from class you come home from school you sit on your ass you take a four-hour nap you don't do shit and then you know here comes game time and you suck And I truly believe that's because you didn't do anything all day. And you probably thought, you know, you shouldn't eat all day or hydrate or anything like that. So I went through that personally. I get it. Um, But again, if I could go back and do it all over again, man, I really would. So um, that's why I program on game days. So let's fast forward back to the nutrition guide. Um, If you do lift on game days actually any day it doesn't matter athletes need to consume more protein and carbs and calories in general than normal people and i'm not going to go through all of that because that's a different podcast um that i might do in the future for macros but um in general i think most of your carbs should come before and after workouts and then before and after competition right and throughout the day you need to consume more water than the average person i think it's like half your body weight in is that like milliliters or something i don't know i have no idea um but an athlete should consume more than that or double only because they're going to be burning that water, not burning the water off, but they're going to be expending more water throughout sweat um, than the average person. Okay. So if they're working out and doing a competition, they need to be hydrated, they need to be fueled. Um, and that's where a lot of people get caught at. And then, you know, if you do that consistently, it can lead to injury, it can lead to fatigue. And then, you know, your whole season just goes down the drain and then you feel like ass all the time, right? So, I included that page on the nutrition guide. Um, I don't have it pulled up, so I can't really go through it a lot in detail. Uh, the other things I included in that nutrition guide were a hockey player's grocery list. Um, I really hope the guys utilize that. Some of them actually told me they use it, and it has really helped them. You can definitely buy good groceries on a budget. I don't want to hear, you know, all of your guys saying that, you know, if you can spend. Let me let me put it this way: if you can spend. Five to $600 on rent every month, you can buy groceries, okay? And if you think you can't, it's because you're spending your money on other shit, okay? Um, so you just got to take that in consideration. Uh, that's what the nutrition guide includes. Some of the guys love it. Some of the guys don't use it. I get it, okay? And um, that's basically something I just provided them extra, like I said, over-delivering um, so they can follow something. I also set up the nutrition tables before games that usually includes... You know, quick sugars like clementines, fruit snacks, breads, um, all that good stuff. So juice boxes, the guys love juice boxes. I don't, I honestly don't know why, <laughs> but, uh, that's what they like for their simple sugar source. So, and it's only organic juice. Don't come at me with that juicy juice shit or anything like that. There's a lot of bad juices out there. So, um, That's basically uh, how I'm going to wrap up this podcast, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys got something out of this. If you are a personal trainer or a coach um, and you are programming for an athlete, please take some of these things into consideration if they want to train during the season. I know sometimes if they're paying you, they can't always afford it. Um, But seriously, just over-deliver, give them a program based on uh, these kind of factors or what that athlete needs, um, and then just go from there. Always over-deliver. That's something that has never failed me yet, and uh, I truly believe, you know, taking all of these factors that I talked about today into consideration can really help athletes avoid a lot of injuries and keep them healthy for an entire season, okay? I never really cared if I was the best guy on the team. I always cared if I was the healthiest because I wanted to play every single game of every single season um, unless I was hurt and I physically couldn't. So uh, that's how I'm going to wrap it up today guys Thank you so much Um, I think this is episode 16 So I really just want to take a second To tell you guys that I appreciate All of you and what you do um, And taking the time out of your day To listen to this kind of stuff So I truly believe that I'm providing value um, And that's my number one job I really want to just provide all of you guys With value whenever I can And it's not about me getting views Or me getting likes on Instagram or Facebook Whatever the case may be um, I just want to do it for you guys, and I just want to share with you what I experience. So uh, thank you again for taking the time out of your day to listen to this, and I will catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much. All right, bye.